Welcome to True Crime Mysteries, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart of the world's most gripping true crime stories. I'm your host, Megan, and I've spent years researching, investigating, and seeking the truth in dark corners where most people dare not look. Each week, we'll delve into a new case, peeling back layers of mystery, law, and human behavior. Together, we'll explore the intricate webs woven by those who break society's most sacred laws. We'll cover cold cases, missing persons, and recently uncovered serial killers, and instances where DNA has identified a killer. Join us as we journey back in the past, bring decade-old cases to life, and explore the dark, tragic, and inexplicable. And maybe find a light of justice at the end of the tunnel. This is True Crime Mysteries. Today, we're discussing four more cold cases of Jane Doe's recently identified and the mysteries surrounding their deaths. Let's get into it. Number four, Amanda Lynn Schumann Deza. For 27 years, a woman known only as the Lady in the Fridge has laid unidentified. In March 1995, a bottle picker searching for bottles and cans came across a submerged refrigerator in the Whiskey Slough Canal near Bacon Island Road in Holt, California. Curious, he waded over to the fridge and opened it up to inspect its contents. The fridge door had been tied shut, and when he opened it, he made a disturbing discovery. Inside the fridge was the body of a young woman, her hands had been bound with tape, and a sock had been stuffed inside her mouth. The authorities were immediately called, but none of the attending officers could have prepared themselves for what they were about to see. The medical examiner determined that the woman had been submerged for around six months. However, the internal temperature of the fridge had been quite warm, which had led to accelerated decomposition. They estimated the time of her death to be somewhere in October of 1994. In the report, the medical examiner noted that the woman was Caucasian with strawberry blonde hair, 110 to 130 pounds, between the ages of 29 and 41. Her cause of death was determined to be blunt force trauma, and investigators were keen to uncover her identity, but that would be easier said than done. Jane Doe became known as the Lady in the Fridge, and missing person reports from across the country and beyond were cross-referenced with her details, but no one matched. Investigators continued looking into her case, but it became colder and colder as the years went by. Each year, investigators would glance over the case files, hoping something new would stand out, but nothing ever did. Her details were entered into NamUs, but still no leads came up. Then, in 2022, the San Joaquin County Sheriff's Office contacted Othram, asking for their assistance. The skeletal remains of the lady in the fridge were handed over to Othram, who were able to extract a DNA profile. Using genealogical techniques and databases, Othram was able to find the possible mother of the lady in the fridge. All the San Joaquin County Sheriff's Office had to do was obtain a DNA sample. Finally, in February 2023, Othram and the San Joaquin County Sheriff's Office announced that the lady in the fridge had been identified as 30-year-old Amanda Schumann Deza. At the time of her disappearance, Amanda was separated from her husband and was a mother to three children. According to friends and family, she was last seen in Napa, California at an unknown apartment complex with an unidentified male friend who she had met at a rehab facility. Investigators believe serial killer Terry Rasmussen may be involved in Amanda's disappearance and murder, although nothing has been confirmed yet. Her children, now adults, are thankful for law enforcement and hope that her murder investigation can now be solved. 
They said in a statement to the media that they look forward to moving on with their lives. Their mother's disappearance had always been an open wound and has brought them some comfort knowing that their mother never abandoned them. Amanda was known to frequent the Napa, Oakley, and Delta, California areas. There's a $10,000 reward for tips that lead to an arrest. Anyone with information about Amanda is asked to call the San Joaquin County Sheriff's Office Cold Case Unit at 209-468-5087. We look forward to prosecuting the fullest extent of law, the coward that committed this hyenas act, and the individual who decided to take this lovely lady's wife and take her away from her family. Amanda was a daughter, sister, and mother. Authorities believe she died of blunt force trauma to the head at least six months before she was found. Number three, Marina Ramos. On December 11, 1989, two tourists making their way down Old Temple Bar Road in Mojave County, Arizona, just 50 miles from Las Vegas, made a startling discovery. At the side of the road lay the body of a young woman who had been stabbed multiple times. Her clothes had been removed and it was clear to onlookers that she'd been attacked where she fell. The Mojave County Sheriff's Office took over the case and began their investigation. The medical examiner determined her time of death to be around 24 hours, but there was no sign of her killer. In 1989, there was very little evidence to work with, and her case quickly ran cold. In late 2021 or early 2022, the case was reopened with fresh eyes and a new approach to crime scene investigation. Fingerprints from Jane Doe were obtained, which led them to the potential identity of a woman named Maria Ortiz from Bakersfield, California. When the family of Maria were visited, they could not recall anyone by that name, but they did remember that their cousin, Maria Ramos, had disappeared sometime in 1989. A DNA sample was obtained from a close relative, and sure enough, it was a match. Finally, the 1989 Jane Doe was identified as Marina Ramos, who had been 28 years old at the time of her disappearance. Investigators also learned that Marina's daughters, 14-month-old Elizabeth Lisa Ramos and 2-month-old Jasmine Maria Ramos, disappeared around the same time. Witnesses recalled seeing Marina in the company of a man known as Fernando, who was in his 30s or 40s and drove a black SUV. According to reports, Marina, Fernando, Elizabeth, and Jasmine were headed from Bakersfield, California to Ontario, California, before she mysteriously disappeared. Anyone with information is asked to contact the Mojave County Sheriff's Office at 928-753-0753. Number 2. Sandra Morton It was on February 28, 1980, when two men, a father and son duo, were sifting for gold and making their way along Fly Creek in Clark County, Washington, when they came across human remains. The exact location of the body was close to NF-54, where it split with Canyon Creek. According to reports, the remains were almost intact aside from the torso and hands being missed. The remains were said to be mostly skeletal. In the report, the medical examiner concluded that the remains likely belonged to a young woman, aged 13 to 18, although most likely in the 15 to 16-year-old range. Her cause of death remained undetermined, and there was very little information the medical examiner could garner from her remains. She was believed to be Native American or Hispanic and had well-developed neck muscles, indicating she was likely involved in sports or manual labor. 
The case quickly went cold, and investigators were eventually assigned to other cases. In 2016, the NCMEC and Nikki Costa of the Clark County Medical Examiner's Office created a new 3D rendering of her face from her skull, giving us the first lifelike shot. This photo was widely circulated, but again generated no leads. Then in 2019, the Clark County Sheriff's Office made a shocking announcement. The Fly Creek Jane Doe had been identified as 16-year-old Sandra Sandy Morton. According to reports, Parabon Nanolabs aided in Sandy's identification, although the exact methods used have not been released. Also at that announcement, they stated that Sandy is likely not a victim of the infamous serial killer Ted Bundy, and anyone who had known Sandy around the time for disappearance is asked to come forward. Sandy was born on April 29, 1962 in San Francisco, California, with the family moving to Washington State when she was still young. In 1971, Sandy's parents divorced and she went to live with her father, Andy Morton, who lived and worked in Vancouver, Washington. Andy's job often had him working out of town, so Sandy often lived with friends or relatives. According to Coin News, Sandy last attended Wilson High School in 1966 to 1967. She was due to enroll at the Newburgh High School in late 1977, but failed to attend her first class. Ever since then, her whereabouts had been unknown. Sandy's family had no idea that her remains had been found just miles from where she had lived. It has not been stated whether she was officially reported missing. Investigators ask anyone with information to contact the Clark County Sheriff's Office Cold Case Unit at 654 397 when Sandra Morden first disappeared from Clark County in the 1970s, her family never imagined her remains would be found near Fly Creek in Amboy, Washington a few years later. The Clark County Sheriff's Office says Sandra was just 16 years old when she disappeared from her dad's home. He came home and she was gone. Um, and so, of course, he called my mom and my grandmother at the time was still alive also. You know, he called us and... The search started. I never, death never entered my mind. I never thought, oh, she's dead. You know, I mean, um, I just, I just always believed that she was out there somewhere. Number one, Nora Elia Castillo. In June 1988, a farmer walking through his fields 20 miles outside Springfield, Colorado, discovered skeletal human remains. The Baca County Sheriff's Office were immediately alerted and several more parts of the remains were discovered. Baca County Sheriff's Office searched the farmer's field for several days, finding several items of clothing, gray corduroy Levi pants, a size 34B bra, and a beige winter coat with faux fur collar and cuffs. A 1986 quarter was found in one of the pockets. The Baca County coroner was not able to determine the cause of death, only that the remains had been in the field for between one to three years. According to the Doe Network, most of the skeleton had been bleached by the sun and parts of the spine was still attached. Coroner estimated that the remains belonged to a woman aged 16 to 22, possibly Hispanic, Native American, or European. The coroner also noted that the woman had extensive dental work, including two silver cast crowns the technique of which suggested that she was from Mexico, or close to the border. Unfortunately, the case ran cold quickly. Dental records were sent to dentists in the area, but no matches were found. 
Dental records and a DNI profile were also submitted to the National Crime Information Center, which led nowhere. The woman was eventually buried in the Springfield Cemetery as a Jane Doe. The Baca County Sheriff's Office never forgot her case and vowed to get answers. In 2021, the Jane Doe was exhumed and a new DNA profile was obtained. According to the press release, this DNA sample was submitted to NamUs. The details were murky. However, according to KOAA, it appeared that the DNA sample was submitted to Family Tree DNA and GEDmatch public genealogy databases. From there, Michelle Kennedy, an investigative genetic genealogist, discovered a first cousin once removed. Genealogists were able to work through Jane Doe's family tree and came across possible close relatives. According to the Baca County Sheriff's Office, they were notified by NamUs that a possible DNA match had been found. As per their press release, quote, not only was the familial DNA submitted for analysis by Solved by DNA, a match with family of our Jane Doe, but the DNA profile of a person who submitted her DNA sample to the McAllen, Texas Police Department had also linked to our Jane Doe by NamUs. On October 6, 2022, the Baca County Sheriff's Office announced that in 1988, Jane Doe had been identified as Nora Elia Castillo. Nora's daughter submitted a DNA profile to the McAllen Police Department in 2004. Nora was reported missing in 1996, with reports stating the last time she made contact with her family was sometime in 1986 or 1987 via a phone call from Colorado. Investigators are still looking into Nora's case, and anyone with information is asked to contact the Baca County Sheriff's Office at 719-523-4511 or the McAllen, Texas Police Department at 956-681-2221. Well, folks, we've reached the end of another gripping episode here on True Crime Mysteries. Thank you for joining me as we delve deep into the complexities of today's case. Before we go, let's not forget the human element in these stories. The victims, their families, and sometimes even the perpetrators are all part of a larger societal puzzle that we're trying to understand. While we explore these cases, it's crucial to remember the impact on real lives and communities. If you want to keep up with our weekly investigations, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you are captivated by these stories as we are, please take a moment to leave us a rating and review. Your support helps us bring more unsolved mysteries and untold stories to light. With that being said, stay curious, stay vigilant, and most importantly, stay safe. Until next week, good night.